these specials this month. It's uh, a new creative way to do December, and I'm so thankful for everyone who has uh, played a part in those uh, special gifts for the church. What an incredible month it's been. I love Advent. I love the month of December. I love all that it's about, and I'm so thankful that this year has not disappointed when it's come to that. Amen? And uh, I thank you for your involvement in that. Uh, It is December 27th, and I'm excited to bring to you um, a message today that I hope will help us to kind of hit the reset button, if you will, as a church and as Christians as we follow the Lord this year. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of John. John's Gospel is where we're going to be a little bit later. And I'm, I'm really using this message to kind of intro a series for us as we try to get back to the basics and how we live out our Christian faith. And so I'm looking forward to this. If you don't have plans for the month of January on Sundays, you are welcome here. Uh, every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, right here uh, at Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene. We're glad you're here this morning, and thank you for being here. I want to share just a, a, just a comedic relief story with you for a moment. And if you've heard it, just listen to it again. That means I needed to tell it again. Amen? It's a story about a a funeral. And this man was getting ready to get his affairs in order. He was was nearing the end and he knew he was nearing the end. And so he called together some of his, his dearest, dearest friends, maybe some of his closest enemies, depending on how you view some of these people. He called together his preacher, his doctor, and his lawyer. So you know this is going to be a good story. Amen? He told them, he said, I have $30,000 left in the bank and I want to take it with me when I go. The preacher wanted to preach 10 sermons to him that day, but he didn't. So they listened to the man and they began to go through the plans. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each of you an envelope of $10,000 in cash And at my funeral, I want you to come and I want you to deposit that in the coffin so I can take that with me. So he distributed the envelopes and the time came and he passed away. And so they all came to his funeral that day as they came with their envelopes. They they distributed the envelopes and they went through the, the service just as was planned. And then the three of them got together a little bit later to discuss their feelings about this weird request of this man that they have known for so long. And as they were discussing him, the, the preacher looks at the other two and he said, you know what, Brother, Brother Smith really loved the church and he, he wanted to make sure, I'm sure that he would have loved to be a contributor to some of the upgrades that we're doing around the facility. And so I went ahead and took $2,000 out of that envelope to go in, in his name towards some of those upgrades. And I put the other 8000 in the coffin. And they kind of were very quiet, and they thought, well, if the preacher's doing this, maybe we need to come clean as well. The uh, doctor said, you know what, he, he loved the care that I had given him over these last few months, and so I know he would have loved to help finance our new clinic. And so I went ahead and took 5000 out of my envelope, and I deposited the five back in the coffin. And we made that donation in his name. And the lawyer was really sweating at this point. He said, you know what, I've got to come clean as well. He said, that, that's great. I, I think I did better than both of you, though. I, 
I took the 8,000 preacher that you put in the coffin and I took the five that the doctor left and I kept the 10 that I had. But to be fair, I wrote him a check for 30,000 and put it in the coffin. How are we preparing to give our best as we end this life? Now, I'm not talking about a morbid ending to our life. I'm not saying that everything's coming to the end. But what I want us to do today is I want us to ask the question, am I truly giving God my best? Am I truly giving Him my best? You see, there comes a time in our lives where we must look back on our life and we begin to take inventory on all of the things that have happened in our life. We begin to evaluate the good from the bad. We begin to think, is there room for improvement? Can I do some things better in this next year? Maybe it even has to do with our attitude. Have I given God the best in my attitude as well? You see, all of these questions bring us to where we are at today, I believe. Have I given God my best? Have I given Him my best in 2020? Am I prepared to give Him my best in 2021? Giving God our best involves more than just what we do. I believe it includes our, our attitudes, our actions, and our amounts. And I want to talk to us today about that today. Giving God our best is simply this. If you write nothing else down, write this down. Giving God my best is my choice. Is my choice. When we look at this story we're about to look at in Scripture, we're going to see some different attitudes. We're going to see some different actions that take place. But what it comes down to is giving God our best is our choice. Let's look to God's Word this morning as we see what we can learn as He speaks to us from John's Gospel, chapter 12 this morning. Would you follow along as I read to you from John 12, beginning with verse number 1. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. You follow along with what you have there in front of you. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume, made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray Jesus, said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. Your word that is still true today is the day that it was written. And I'm thankful that God, you have sent your son to live on this earth as an example, and we read about his life through John's gospel today, I pray, Lord, that your word would become flesh again, 
that it would dwell among us, that it would speak to our hearts, that it would resonate with us, and that as we listen to your word, God, I pray that you would help us to be courageous enough to obey it. And as we leave here today, Lord, we will know that we've encountered the living God through his word today, and we will be thankful. We give you this time and ask you to use it. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Giving God our best is our choice. I want us to see three different areas where we can evaluate, have we given God our best, and also, will we commit to giving Him our best as we move forward? The first area that I want us to talk about is our attitude today. And, and I just want to give you a little, a little caveat to this section of the message. God has a sense of humor. Anybody else think that? couple of you, good. I believe that wholeheartedly, and as I was preparing this message, I, I, I hadn't even thought about the fact that I needed to hear this message just as much as anybody until I sat here this morning, prayer and preparation for today, and I told Pastor Greg, I said, yeah, I'm preaching on attitude. I need to put mine in check a little bit. So I want to just give you that caveat today that uh, I'm in this boat of receiving as well, that I'm going to make the choice today to give God my attitude. But let's talk about that for a little bit today. From our text today, we learn some things that are important about our attitude. You see, let me give you some background on this scene that we just read about. This is a party scene. It's a, it's an, it's a fellowship. It's a gathering. It's a time of excitement, a time to rejoice, a time to celebrate. And this party has been planned with Jesus in mind. We're told where the party is taking place. We're given a place that, that Jesus has been to before. He's in a place of comfort, a place of relaxing moments that he shared with close friends before. We're given somewhat of the guest list even. The guest list includes Simon the leper. If you read the, the commentary on this, there's, there's more people that are at this party and Simon the leper is there, the leper that Jesus healed. And Simon is said to be there rejoicing because Jesus has returned and he wants to give more thanks and rejoice for what Jesus has done for him. We're also told that this is the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus' friends. Lazarus, Lazarus is there. This is big news because Lazarus was dead and now he's there partying with Jesus once again. What a time of rejoicing and celebration. We cannot forget the hospitable host that Martha is. She's organizing and, and, and playing host once again for this wonderful party. And then we know that Mary is there and Mary is to be found where Mary is always to be found at Jesus's feet once again. She's in the middle of the conversation. She's basking in her Lord's presence. And we know that Jesus' disciples were there as well. We don't list them all by name, and we don't see that listed in this text, but we do know that Jesus and, Jesus and his disciples traveled together, and most likely they were there, but we do know that Judas was there. But most importantly, Jesus is present. Jesus is there, and the people are gathered for this celebration. Why? Because he is there. Because his presence is there physically, and they're excited that he's there. 
They have all prepared to be there in one form or another. They either heard of the news and were invited, and so they made plans and arrangements to be there, or they're coming to, as Jesus is coming, to receive this wonderful party. Their hearts are most likely drawn to this time as they're rejoicing of spending time together, and they're giving of their time, their talents, and their attention to what Jesus is doing and saying. He is the focus of their hearts. You see, they all have prepared their attitudes in advance. You see, when we give God our best, our attitude is our choice. Our attitude is our choice. You see, every day we wake up and we get to make choices in our life. I woke up this morning and I had already set out my clothes for today. I do that on Saturday as to try to not to wake up my family. I get up pretty early. I woke up this morning. I made the choice. I'm going to try this outfit out. And I had it in the bathroom. I had it all ready to go. I get in the bathroom this morning. I said, nope, that's not going to work. Had to make another choice. So automatically, my attitude can be adjusted. Oh, no. Why didn't that shirt fit? Oh, no. The belt is a little too tight this morning. I don't have the right socks today. You see, and so my attitude can be fixed. So we make this choice as to what we're going to wear. That affects kind of our mindset. Then we got to make a choice. And my choice, the next choice I got to make was, do I wait for the coffee pot to finish or do I just go to work? I just went to work. So I haven't had my coffee this morning. Some of you know the pain that I'm feeling this morning. But I still have to choose my attitude. Am I right? Let me tell you about a story. I've probably told you this before. If I have, again, I probably need to repeat it. We were living in Iberia at the time, and I had stopped driving bus at this time, so I didn't have to wake up so early and, and be out of the house, but I did wake up and help, help get the kids ready for school and, and get them off for the day before I went off onto my day. And this morning in particular, Alicia was letting me sleep a little bit longer, and I was a- awakened to the sound of children fighting. That never starts a day well. And I remember vividly laying in bed awake thinking, I am going to choose right now to walk out into that living room and let them know how upset I am. And so I did. I woke up, got up from bed, put on my grumpy pants, and I went to the living room. (laughs) Sat in my chair, crossed my arms, and didn't say a word the rest of the morning. I chose my attitude. I chose how I was going to respond to the situation. Now, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I did nothing to benefit my family that morning. But they sure knew what I was choosing. You see, our attitude is our choice. And whether we wake up and we start on the wrong foot or the right foot, we then have a choice. Are we going to continue to give God our best when it comes to our attitude? You see, just because we make a decision and we go the wrong way, as Pastor BJ did that morning and fold his arms and wear his grumpy pants, we can choose at that moment, you know what, am I giving God my best right now, let alone my family? Am I giving God what he needs from me right now? And we can make a choice in that very moment, you know what, I need to uncross my arms. I probably need to go get a cup of coffee 
and I need to change my attitude. I can give God my best when I switch my attitude. You see, Mary chose a great attitude in our story. Mary's especially prepared. She's been loving this time with Jesus, and she's just sitting at his feet. If I had a picture that I could show you, I would, but I don't have one that just depicts it the way I, that I can just imagine Mary. I can just imagine Mary, as we talked about a few weeks ago, she's clinging to Jesus. She doesn't want him to leave. She doesn't know when the next time is she's going to spend time with him. So I can just imagine her wrapped around his feet. And as she's preparing and she's ready for this time, she doesn't want to miss an opportunity to spend time with Jesus. And as she's sitting there, she gets this great idea. I have a gift for him. I have a gift for Jesus. And she makes a choice in that very moment of what she's going to do next. Let me hit pause on that story for a minute. And I want us to fast forward in time a little bit in Scripture. And let's fast forward a bit to another story that we read in Scripture. This story has been on my mind as I think about our attitude and as it applies to our application. The story can be found in the book of Acts. And it's a story about Barnabas, Ananias, and Sapphira. If you've been in church long enough, you probably have heard this story. But it's a story, again, that it revolves around what are we giving God. You see, in this setting of this story, the early church is being formed, and the people are coming together. The apostles are forming little cell group churches. And they're coming together with like-minded believers united together to care for one another. And one of the things that begins to happen is they begin to bring all of their resources into this cell group. And they begin to bring it into their new church home and their new church family. Why? So that everybody can be helped. And Barnabas decides to sell some of the land that he has. And he decides to give it all to God through the church. And he gives it to the believers that day. And we're told in Scripture, in the book of Acts, you can go read it for yourself a little bit later, in the book of Acts, it says that the, the believers rejoiced with Barnabas for this gift that he'd given. So I don't know about you, but have you ever done something that caused other people to give you praise? If not, maybe you've been around somebody who's been, been getting praise because of something they've done. And you sit there with an attitude that says, why do they get all the praise? Why do they get all the notoriety? I could do that. So Ananias and Sapphira, they have that kind of attitude underlying, in my opinion. And so they decide, you know what? We've got some land. Let's go do the same thing. Let's go sell our land and let's bring it to the, to the church and let's let everybody use these resources. But there's only one different thing that happens here. They decide to hold some back for themselves. Now, let me just say this. That in and of itself is not wrong, okay? God wants to bless us. He wants to take care of our needs. He wants to make sure he is providing for us. So when we sell something and we keep some of that to take care of ourselves, that's not a bad thing. What they did and their attitude and what they brought is the bad thing, okay? Let me just be clear in that. And here's what they did. They came to the church and they brought their offering to the church and the apostles asked them a key question. 
A key question. And let me give you BJ's interpretation of that question. Here's the question. Is this your best for God? What they actually said was, is this all that you have to bring? Is this your best, Ananias and Sapphira? Is this what you have? Is this all that you have? And they chose in that moment to lie. They wanted the praise. They wanted the notoriety. They wanted everyone to see what they were doing. But the reality was is they were not giving God their best. Their consequence for not giving God their best, I hope and pray, is not yours and mine. Because they were struck down dead on the spot. The elders held, hauled them out and buried them right then and there. I could probably stop right here and say, are you giving God your best? Be careful. Be careful how you answer. Is your attitude in check this morning? Are you, are you coming in to church thinking, you know what, this is the last Sunday of the year. Why do I even have to be here? And then the pastor of all people is going to call me to come back tonight to listen to him report on the year. It's already been a bad year. Why do I got to come to church on Sunday night? Come on. That's where my attitude is. Why? Because I want to give God my best. I want to give God my best. I know this year's been crazy. I know everything has changed in, the, in our world and in, in our everyday life, and we just want to cling to those things that we can control. But the reality of it is, is my attitude in check? Now listen, hear, hear me, okay? I don't want to get into any legalism or anything like that. If you're not going to come tonight, you're not going to be checked off, and I'm going to follow up and say, why weren't you there? Okay, that's not going to happen. Okay, people have plans, you have families, I get that, I understand that, okay? So please, 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 hear no legalism at all in that. What I'm saying is for myself, okay? And I want to remind us all today, giving God our best with our attitude is a choice we must make every single day. Are you giving God your best you see, it's your choice what your attitude will be. The second thing I think we need to see is this. Are we giving God our best in our actions? Let's go back to our text this morning. Look a little bit closer. See, Mary has just left the, the feet of Jesus because she realizes she has a gift for Jesus. She has a heart that just doesn't want to leave him alone, but she says, you know what? I've got something for him. I've got to give it to him now. There cannot be any more delay. And she takes off and she goes. She leaves and she gets this gift. I can only imagine as she's walking through their home, and I don't know how big their home was or how many total people were there, but as she's going to get this gift, she probably walks past Martha, who's in there preparing all the food and making sure all the arrangements are well. And she's over here doing all of this work and Mary's trying to get off to her treasure box so she can get this gift. And as she gets this gift, I can only imagine that she's kind of looking for Mary and she's hurrying back because she doesn't want Martha to see her. 
And she gets her gift. And she sits back down at Jesus' feet. And she breaks open this jar. Why did she break it open? Here's why she broke it open. There was no other way to open it. This jar had been sealed. It had been sealed for the burial of a family member. And she realized, now's the time. I want to anoint my Lord and my Savior because of what he's done for me. And she breaks this jar and she begins to anoint his feet and wash his feet. As everybody is sitting there around there telling these great stories about what Jesus has done, Mary's over there anointing his feet with this perfume. This fragrant perfume. Here's some backstory. This jar in and of itself, as I just mentioned, was sealed for burial. It's, it's kind of like life insurance. And what they would do with these, these ointments is the family would then break open these ointments and they would go and prepare the body for burial. I don't know if you've been around too many corpses lately, but corpses stink all the life's gone. They, they, they're pungent. They're, it's gross. It's nasty. It smells bad. So this perfume has to be stronger than any old grandma's perfume. Amen? And she's pouring it on his feet, this entire bottle. It begins to fill the room with the aroma it, it is so, the, the Bible gives a nice version of this as it says that, that the room was filled with this fragrance. Doesn't that sound pretty? It was probably so thick in there that you could choke on it. You know what I'm talking about? That aroma, that stench, that, that smell that you're just like, I can taste this. And everybody starts to notice it. But Mary has chosen her action. She chose her action and she began to respond because her heart was right. Her action matched her attitude. And she begins to anoint Jesus, but then people begin to notice. One in particular was Judas. Judas, who's been walking around with Jesus for the last few years. Judas has been put into a place of, of importance and prominence within their 12 as he's their treasurer. He's their money handler. Judas knows what this bottle's worth. But you see, Judas's heart is not right. And in our text, it even, it even describes it here. Let me see if I can find it. Verse 6, he did not say this because he cared about the poor. Because he says, you know what, we could have saved this bottle and sold it and given all the money to the poor. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He was a thief. That's one of Jesus' own. That's one of his buddies. That's his homie. That's his bro. And the Bible describes him as not as this loving caring, generous man who made sure and tithed on what the disciples had. No, it says he was a thief. 
He's not saying we could have sold this money and given it to the poor because he cared about the poor. He wanted to take a portion for himself. You see, his action would have been, let's sell this. Let's get all the praise of selling something similar to Ananias and Sapphira. But then let's keep a little bit for ourselves. Let's take care of me. Let's not worry about what we should be doing. Let's not give God our best and act on it. Let's take care of self first. You see, when we give God our best, it becomes our choice to act on it. Our response to God is important to where our hearts are with God. In other words, do our actions reflect the attitude that we chose to have earlier? Here's the key. We cannot give God our best in action if our attitude is not right. So let me go back to my really, really bad illustration, okay? If your attitude has nothing to do with prior plans, okay, legalism aside, if your attitude is, I really don't want to go to church on Sunday night, I don't want to go hear what he's got to say about how bad this year's been, I don't care about all the stats that he's going to present, I don't care about all the stuff that's going on, I just show up and do my time, then I really don't want you to come in here with your grumpy pants and cross your arms, okay, just stay home, really, because our actions go hand in hand with our attitude. And you might come in here and think, you know what, I don't have that attitude. I'll be good. I'll only wear one side of my grampy pants. Your actions will show. Your actions will show your attitude. And so this is a really bad illustration. I know it. And please forgive me. Please extend grace. But are we giving God our best in action that matches our attitude? Do we have a good outlook on life? Do we have a positive outlook? Why? Because God has given us joy. He's given us hope. He's given us a future. And we've just come through a great holiday, Christmas season, and we're so thankful that Jesus is still here. Amen? We have something to look forward to. Some of us need to tell our face that. Because our actions will follow our attitude. Are we giving God our best in Attitude and action. <laughs> Are you giving God your best this morning? The good news is, is that we still have time to adjust. The third thing I want us to see today and finally is this. Are we giving God our best when it comes to our amount that we're giving Him? We choose our attitude we then decide if our actions reflect our attitudes. But finally, we see that the amount matters. So the questions are, is, is your attitude giving God your best? Are your actions giving God your best? But then the question becomes, how much are you giving to God? Is He getting all that you have is he giving, or is he getting your very best? Here's the thing. All you and I have in this life, all the blessings that we have, the job that we have, the family that we have, the home that we live in, the cars that we drive, the clothes that we're wearing today, all of that is from him. <laughs> 
Pastor, whatever. You don't go to my job. You don't see how hard I work and how much overtime I don't get paid for. You don't see the, 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 the decisions I've got to make day in and day out that, that save the lives of so many people. You're right, I probably don't, but I do know who created you. And I do know who you're sitting here worshiping today. And he loves you so much that he said, here, I want to bless you. I want to give you so much so much to be thankful for. I told somebody this morning, I can't wait for spring cleaning so I can rent a dumpster and throw away so many blessings that I have. Yeah. I told Alicia, I said, man, we got, we got stuff we don't even, we don't have space for it anymore. Pretty soon I'm going to be sleeping on the floor, Vanel. Don't tell her I said that. She's up, up there, okay? But we have so much. The key is that it came from him. He's the one that gifted you to be able to do the job that you do. He's the one that empowers you to, to go out and, and kill it and bring it home. He's the one that gives you the gifts to make sure it tastes right so that we look like we do and the pants don't fit so that when I get up to go to church, I'm in a bad mood. It's from him. All we have is his. He just gives it to us and says, you know what? I want you to take care of this for me. I want you to manage this for me. But there's going to come a day where I need you to give account for it. Is your attitude right? Or do your actions match it? Do you have to go and mess with the numbers? Or can you bring it all back to him and say, here it is. Here's what I've done. I'm giving it all back to you. It's all yours. And it's not a surrender moment of saying, I quit, take it. It's a surrender moment of saying, I surrender it all back to you. It wasn't mine to begin with, but I love you so much and I'm so thankful for it. I want to give it right back to you. I want to give you everything. I want to give you the little that I have. I want to give you the much that I have. I want to give you my insecurities and I want to give you my strengths. I want to give you everything. Why? Because you gave it to me first. And I want to give it back to you. Mary, I believe, could make such a lavish gift because she understood this overarching principle of life. That everything we have comes from him. So when you look at your life, do you have the same outlook? Can you give God your best because you realize that everything you have is his? Mary's gift to Jesus that night was very expensive. The bottle of ointment that was believed to be worth at least a year's wages. Well, pastor, that doesn't mean anything for me. I'm unemployed. But think about it. It cost her everything to give it to him. Well, pastor, that's a big deal. I'm a doctor. Yeah, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And so my, my goal today is for us to realize that, that God had a plan from the beginning of his creation 
And his plan did not stay perfect because sin entered that plan. He gave us free will to choose. And because of that choice, we fall and we fail. Because of that choice, sin enters our lives. And so God had to have a backup plan. His backup plan was Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning, I want us to realize something. We are twice God's. God created us all. He formed us together in our mother's wombs. He gave us life and breath and everything that we have because God gave it to us. We're His. But He gave us a choice. And we messed up His plan. And so because we messed up His plan, He had already created us. He had already made us. He had already given us everything that He needed to give us. Yet we messed it up. So He decided to do something else. He decided to go and buy us back. Hmm. That doesn't make sense in my head. If I already made something, why should I have to go buy it back? This would be a really, a, really another illustration. You know, my, my daughter's making these wonderful bracelets. She's created these incredible patterns and she's making these bracelets and I'm going to embarrass her and I'm sorry, Emma, but I, I love her. And, but it, this would be as if Emma makes this bracelet and then she goes to the bathroom and looks in the mirror and says, hey, Emma, you owe me 10 bucks. It doesn't make sense, does it? She created it. She could put it on. God created us. He can, he can do with us what he wants, right? He can just, he can just tell us what to do and we're going to do it. We're his. No, he gave us choice. And we get to decide, hmm, am I going to give God my best? And when we don't and we mess up and fall, he says, you know what? I know you messed up. I didn't mess up. You messed up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send Jesus to pay the price for your sin. My sin. I'm going to send Jesus to pay the ultimate price so I can have you back. Pastor, why are you saying all this? I'm saying all this because are we giving God our best? Does he have our, our attitudes? Does he, does he have our actions? And are we giving him everything today? Mary's gift cost her something. I believe God's plan cost him something. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die. Don't you think that our gift back to him should cost us something? Our amount matters. Is God getting our very best? You see, when we hold back from God, just like Ananias and Sapphira did, just like Judas did. We're making a choice to not give God our best. And I don't want to be going through life anymore in my own life, in my own heart and life, where I have to look back in my life and say, you know what? I messed up. There's nothing I can do about it now. I'm just going to keep moving along and I'm just going to stay in that same place. I want to look ahead and say, you know what? God, I may not have much to give you right now, but it's all yours. 
I'm going to put a smile on my face even if I don't have coffee. Even if my clothes don't fit. Even if that job is not fun sometimes. Even if my family's irritating me. Even if it's hard to be married sometimes. I don't care what the circumstances is. I can choose right now to give it over to him. So I want to challenge us this morning on this last Sunday of the year as we look back. Twenty twenty has been hard. Twenty twenty is one that we're never gonna forget as much as we want to. And I can look ahead to twenty twenty one and I can say, God, I still trust you. I still want you to have my life. I still want to give it all to you. So today as your pastor, I'm committing to you today in 2021 that I am going to give God my best in my attitude, in my action, and in my amount. And I'm asking you, will you do the same? Will you give God your best? Would you stand with me this morning? Oh, Lord, please forgive me for bad preaching today. Please forgive me, God, for an attitude I wear on my sleeve sometimes. Oh God, please forgive me when I don't give you my best. Today, God, I vow to you in front of all these people that I want to give you my best once again. I want to move forward trusting you every step of the way. I want to break open my perfume jar and pour it all over your feet as I surrender my heart and my life to you again today. And I pray that for your people here. Your people here at PCN that call you Lord. Would you help us today, God? To not dwell on looking back, but to adjust our attitude, our actions, and our mount as we look forward. And commit to you today to give you our best to give our best as we give you our best through our families, through our children and our grandchildren, through our parents, our grandparents, as we give our best in our time, at our jobs or whatever we may be doing, may we do it all for your glory, God, as if we're working for you. And may we give you our everything as we lay our heads down on the pillow and if you give us one more day, God, may we look back at that day and say, I gave you it all. I gave you it all. We give you praise for that today. God, I pray for every heart and soul that's here today. That they would be willing today to look in the mirror and ask themselves, am I giving God my best? And if not, will you help us to make that adjustment? to give you our everything. We love you. We give you praise and thanks for who you are. 
for what you're doing and what you're going to do in the days and the weeks and the months and the year ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before you go, let me give you some brief instructions. If you are coming back tonight, we will be having our church meeting. It's the state of the church. I'm going to give you updates on how things have gone in the last year. We have a survey that we've promised you about our new ministry format. You, will, you can receive that as you leave today. If you want one, take it, pray over that, fill it out. You can bring that back and turn it in. We'll be here tonight at 6.30. It's going to be a great time together. God bless you. Have a great day.